This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Monday, your day-to-day play-by-play, back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. February 28th, hard to believe, end of February. March is tomorrow, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who got an ESPN shout-out on Saturday night, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, I don't know why I did. Looks like Eric Rothman got my Venmo. But anyways, uh, here what he, here's what he said during the game. Also, not only, they've got their own TV network as well, BYU TV. Shout-out to Jerem Jordan. One of the on-air personalities in Pro Bay helped us out with stats when we were in town for the BYU-St. Mary's game. It's, it's crazy. It's like a mini ESPN that <laughs> they have the facilities there. So you're looking not only as a athlete, but as a student. You want to be behind the camera as well. That's a good place to go. So yeah, that's our new motto. Hey, we're a mini ESPN. BYU TV sports. We're a mini, a mini ESPN. ESPNito. <laughs> A couple of things in that moment. Um, I think he's, as you mentioned before the show, a little bit bored, right? At the, at the, the game was the game. a little out of hand. <laughs> was it conflict? Yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah. Thanks, Eric. But we Appreciate will, it, we yeah. will take the shout out for sure. And all the personalities, he said. You know, it's, there's a lot of great people. Absolutely. Here's your jam-packed show lineup on a Monday. Is it win this Friday and then beat USF on Saturday? For the BYU men to feel comfortable about making the NCAA tournament, I got what I wanted, but will it be enough? Or will it uh, take something more, some magic against uh, Gonzaga? Hey, you know which team is absolutely in the field? It's the BYU women's basketball team. Jeff Judkins, the head coach, will join us after the Cougars wrap up just an unforgettable, historic regular season. And BYU football quarterback Jaron Hall joins us to preview spring football. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's Hoops beats Pepperdine 75-59 to wrap up the regular season. BYU's Fuseni Traore. Traore led the way with a career-high 25-point score record. Uh, for freshman, 19 rebounds. How, how about that? Cougars have the five seed in the WCC tournament. Play Friday against the winner of Pacific and LMU at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. That's the only good thing about this, that we get the game. And BYU Radio, of course. And this morning, Joe Lenardi has moved BYU from three out to first out. They're the first team out. <laughs> it has to be this way. I need this drama in my life. I don't really, but it is what it is. 19th-ranked BYU women's basketball. As I just mentioned, your regular season conference champions in the West Coast Conference. They will be the top seed and will not play until Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific time in Las Vegas. We'll see about the opponent. They are still a five seed in the projected NCAA brackets. They're number nine in the net rankings. Is there anything they can do to get one of those top four seeds? We'll ask Jeff Judkins about that. Spring football begins today. Follow BYU TV Sports on Instagram and check out the IG stories for live post-practice interviews around 7.35 Eastern tonight. How about the Batcats of BYU baseball? Continuing the Cougars' dominance over the Pac-12, they sweep Arizona State on the road with a dramatic 6-5 win on Friday night and then just absolutely blow the Sun Devils out of the water on Saturday, 19-3. 
Now, the first home games of the season happened this week with another three-game series when BYU hosts Milwaukee, Wisconsin this Thursday through Saturday. They've won five games in a row. Brewers in town. It's going to be fun. We wish. Uh, no baseball for MLB still. Uh, track and field hosted the BYU Invitational. A few athletes were also at the USATF Indoor Championships. Claire Seymour placed eighth in the women's 800. Zach McWhorter took third in the pole vault behind two professionals. Still number one ranking in the pole vault in the NCAA. Awesome. And alumnus Connor Mance with third in the 3,000. The theme of close but not quite enough for BYU men's volleyball continues this season. They dropped both hard-fought matches against ninth-ranked Grand Canyon at home, bringing the Cougars to almost an unthinkable seven straight losses. Davide Gardini was fantastic. 29 kills, a new career high on Saturday. BYU will travel to L.A. for a two-match series at USC this Friday and Saturday. Hopefully the Cougars can get out to Schneid. Against USC, that's going to be tough. Uh, I was playing really well, ranked fifth in the country. Longest losing streak since 91 right now. So work to be done. Gymnastics beat Utah State and Towson with a score of 196-575 over the weekend. Sadie Minor Van Tassel took second in the all-around with Elise Rollins winning the beam. Brittany Bitkowskis won the floor routine. BYU now ranked 14th as of today. BYU women's softball had won nine games in a row before losing to Cal Baptist on Friday and Long Beach State 4-2 on Saturday in Cathedral City, California at the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. BYU will begin a four-game uh, road trip at the San Diego Classic this Thursday against San Diego State. Men's tennis beat UC Davis 6-0 despite some injuries. Cougars play UCSB Friday and Cal Poly Saturday. The women lost 4-0 to Utah, play Utah State on Friday. Shout out to Kerry Roberts and BYU Women's Golf. They are currently playing in the Gunrock Invitational at the Del Paso Country Club in Sacramento, California. That'll take place today and wrap up tomorrow. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. For the first time in the history of BYU playing in the West Coast Conference, the Cougars are not one of the top three seeds going into the WCC postseason tournament. BYU, the five seed, and will play either LMU or Pacific on Friday. However, there is the opportunity to play San Francisco. So, Jerem, BYU gets the five seed. Yep. Now what? BYU's got the chance. San Francisco on Saturday, that quad one we were talking about that uh, certainly could help BYU's resume. BYU's got to do something to get in. I, I don't really feel like, uh, you know, you can just sit and uh, win – Friday, but lose Saturday and feel like BYU's got a good chance, um, you know, because there'll be some Beal, uh, uh, bid stealers. There may be some teams that lose and get out of the way, too. Uh, but I would rather not hope for that and proactively do something to help BYU's cause. Even if BYU wins Friday and Saturday, still doesn't mean the Cougars are in, but obviously it's a much better shot. And then Monday you play uh, Gonzaga if you win uh, Saturday against San Francisco and you see what you can do. St. Mary's just beat Gonzaga by 10. Does that mean BYU could do it? I still don't like the, BYU match, the way BYU matches up with Gonzaga, so I would say probably not. Uh, that's a fair, easy take. Not hot at all. But uh, BYU gets what it wants, which is a shot at San Francisco. We focused a lot on not just bracketology and team rankings and John Rothstein, but uh, we're looking at this from a wide-angle lens. And team rankings is at one end of the spectrum saying BYU's got like a 5% chance to make the tournament. Down to three now, by the way. Okay, oh, so it's down to a whopping 3%. We'll address that in a moment. <laughs> so if BYU wins Friday, okay, then I'd say maybe it's like a 10% chance of getting in. If they beat USF, I'm going to bump that 
up towards 60% of getting in because USF is the eighth to last team in now. They are at the top of the list of the last four buys. Like, USF is way in right now, according to Joe Lenardi, and they're in basically every other bracket. Bracket Matrix has USF predominantly in the field securely. So if BYU wins that game, quad one against a team that's projected to be solid in the field, then I like the Cougars' chances about 60% to get in. And like you said, they can't control what else happens during tournament week and championship week, but if they control what they can control and beat USF, then the West Coast Conference just might get four teams in the field. There's a chance that BYU could beat USF and the Dons still get in because of yeah. their overall resume. They also might get knocked out. Like, who knows? If, and, the, you know, we're, Lenardi is the most renowned bracketologist. The committee could be a little off there, and let's say they have San Francisco, you know, as uh, the fourth team in, not the eighth. Uh, and then that loss kicks him out. Who knows, right? Um, you just, on the bubble, is, uh, you know, that could be burst quickly. So let's hope that BYU shows up Friday, wins, and then they've got to win the biggest game of the year, you know, the next biggest game of the year, Saturday, and then they've got a shot, right? You at least get to Monday, and then we'll see what happens. But this, this is, was the most ideal scenario given what BYU did to itself, which is losing to Santa Clara and Pacific. It wasn't home San Francisco and Gonzaga that were issues. We're even losing at St. Mary's per se, although that would have helped a ton. But look how good St. Mary's is. St. Mary's is on fire right now, right? Um, wild that be- BYU played St. Mary's to a closer game than Gonzaga did in Moraga. Which is pretty wild. Therefore, BYU is greater than Gonzaga <laughs> in this metric alone only. You know what else helped BYU over the weekend? The quote-unquote rootables mostly went in BYU's favor meaning the majority of the teams that are on the bubble with BYU lost a game, in some instances two. So continue, if you're a BYU fan, to root against the likes of Michigan, Memphis, Indiana, Rutgers, Loyola, Chicago, San Diego State. A bunch of those teams lost, and that's how BYU jumps up two spots in Lenardi's bracket to last team in while beating LMU and Pepperdine. I didn't know that BYU could do much. It's because of everything that happened around them. Yeah that allowed BYU to be now the first team out. Yes, and again, the WCC tournament's so early. Like, like this is the last week of the regular season for most conferences, and then the next week they play their tourney. Some of the smaller leagues to get on ESPN for their tournament go early. That's the deal. All right, here's your metric measuring. Let's get to our resume update now officially. BYU at number 50 in the net rankings. And as we have made it public and clear on this show, you typically have to feel like 40, 40, you want to be in the top 40, 42 to feel way better about your overall resume. Yeah, you could be in in the 30s and still not make it, but yeah, 50s low. Okay, Ken Palm also 50, first team out in bracketology. Jerry Palm continues to put BYU in the field. He has them as a 12 seed. They're just in. Friend of the program, Jerry Palm. <laughs> And as you mentioned, 3.7% chance according to team rankings. Yeah. They're crunching numbers, whatever. Win, right, right, win now Friday that's probably, right now that's probably fair, but there's an opportunity for BYU to go and do some work. I'll be interested to see what team rankings would do if BYU beat USF on Saturday. Like, yeah. how much would that improve their chances? I didn't take a math class at BYU. I did broadcasting. So whatever you say, team rankings. <laughs> Topic two. What has your attention more today? The start of spring football or BYU hoops postseason? Straight up. I am not thinking about BYU football at all. Is that today? I'm excited that we get to talk to Jaron Hall. Now ask me after we talk to Jaron Hall, and then, yeah, 
part of my focus will be on the Cougars and what used to be the third most popular sport on campus. Has that been supplanted by basketball and women's basketball and some other things? Maybe. I'm just talking an interest, right? Right. Um, Of like, okay, if we did all media consumed of this sport, I've joked in the past that spring football is the third most popular sport yes. in BYU. Right now, there's so <laughs> much juice around the drama yeah. of BYU men's basketball and well, tournament men, places. Men's is second straight up, whether there's whether they're good or not. Man. There's just interest, right? I think women's hoops is Women, coming to that women's place. Women's hoops is... But that's whew. not the question. Uh, so, yeah, basketball postseason, clearly, um, because BYU is on the bubble. This isn't one of those teams that we saw a couple years ago multiple times that's like has no shot. Um, you know, that we're just hoping for something yes. good and then yes, it yes. didn't go well. Um, this team has a shot to get in. It's it's low, but they have a shot. And then, of course, the women's basketball team is going to win multiple games in the NCAA tournament, it would seem, so, and, and is a heavy favorite going into Vegas. So let's go. Yes. Yeah, spring, yeah, spring football is fun. Um, there's not a lot of drama with spring football because we don't have a quarterback controversy. What's what's the big contra- What's the big drama of spring? Who's playing left tackle? Like, you and I care about that. Who's the Kingsley, running back? Kingsley. That, even that one seems pretty obvious. I don't know. Like they brought in Chris Brooks probably to be the guy. We get our first look at Chris Brooks. We would we would think. Um, but yeah, yeah, totally excited about all of it. Just yeah, basketball postseason right now. Let's Has go. playing Xbox modified Malik Moore's offseason conditioning and training? Hopefully, it's not uh, you know <laughs> worse off because he's played too much. <laughs> no, I, see, I I am finding myself on a daily basis now looking at okay, which teams on the bubble are playing. And so, you know, I'm dialed in on all these random games on a Monday and Tuesday night around the country that are featuring the teams I just mentioned, Michigan and Indiana and Loyola Chicago. And why do I care what SMU is doing on a Wednesday night? Typically I wouldn't, but I do because it impacts BYU and their bubble status. Like that's that's what it has become for me. <laughs> I've watched so much college basketball this season, way more than I have watched in the recent past, just because I'm looking at, okay, will this help BYU? Will this hurt them? It's crazy. Now, that's not to say that football isn't always, in some degree, top of mind. Hit it! Countdown to the Bulls. 187. New graphic alert. Love that. 187 days away. How's Jaron Hall feeling 187 days away from a vengeance match of sorts for him? He made his first start there at the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where the Bulls play. And then he didn't play against USF last year. So basically, we're like six months and a week out. Yeah. That's what it is, right? 187? Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go. Our question of the day, what has your attention more? BYU spring football 187 days away from that matchup against USF, or is it BYU basketball in general, men's and women's, heading into the postseason? Gonzaga stays one, by the way, because Arizona also lost. Six the top six teams in the country all lost on Saturday. And St. Mary's up to 19. Six, one through six all lost. So, yeah, Gonzaga stays at number one. There you go. That's crazy. All right, let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Jonathan Hawk, BYU hoops without a doubt. BYU's men's team is on the bubble, and the women's team has the potential to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. We have late spring and all summer and fall to focus on football. If the basketball team stunk, we would move to football. But they don't stink. They doth not stinketh to me. Okay, uh, So we're going to pay attention to that for sure. Let's go. There's at, some games to win here. Yeah. At BDN34, Ben Nelson. 
BYU volleyball. Okay. It is a huge volleyball fan. There you go. Huge. But if I had to pick between these two, basketball and football, it's always football first. Well, yeah. It depends what's in season, you know, for me, but uh depends what you love the most. Ben loves BYU volleyball. Clearly. Like number one volleyball Twitter fan. Hit me up all the time. Love it. Let's go. Okay, coming up. Should BYU just stop scheduling Pac-12 games due to dominance? Okay, now we kick off spring football officially because QB1, and there's no doubt about it, he is QB1. Jaron Hall will join us next. What are the goals of spring football? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow night for the season finale of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Gregor Bell review a couple of wins from last week and preview the West Coast Conference Tournament. Tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play in Studio B. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. We are one day away from March, but that doesn't mean football can't return in late February. That's exactly what's happening for BYU today. And joining us to kick off the spring football coverage is the quarterback of the BYU Cougars, Jaron Hall, from his home over Zoom. Jaron, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. And Jada May! It's bring your kids' day to work as well, my friend. Word, man. I've been waiting to say that for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) What are your emotions like on a day like today when you know and your coaches have made it clear that you're the guy, you're the quarterback going not into just the fall but into spring football? A lot of excitement. You know, there's a lot of work ahead of us. Excited to get back with the guys again on the field, start playing football. It's been a couple months, and we've all been you know, itching to get back out there again. So it's just a good morning. You now the birds are chirping this morning. Sun is shining. It's a good day to play, play some football. Yes, it is. Indoors in the indoor practice facility, right? Um, more work at home with Jada or with the team at quarterback? Uh, currently with Jada. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, got to get breakfast. Got Hey, the Binky's in. That's a veteran move. I like that. That was a good decision, which was part of uh, what happened last year, which was great decision-making, which we'll talk about in a second. But we did our countdown to the Bulls uh, a moment ago, 187 days till that game. Of course, that probably um, brings up certain memories, obviously, from 2019 and your first start. Um, how excited are you to open the season with the team that, hey, you want to be able to play this year because you didn't play in the game last year? Oh, for sure. I'm excited. You know, I'm excited for another year of, of health, good fortune. I'm excited to play in that first game before the get back to the you know, Buckingham Stadium. It's a pretty cool venue. Um, start playing again. It's, uh, you know, 100, 187 days. It'll be here pretty quick. You know, so we'll just take it day by day and get ready to go. Excited. Jaron, you have not forgotten, I'm sure. You made your first start against USF at that stadium. Did not end the way that you and BYU would have wanted it to. So, how have you changed the most and grown the most as a quarterback from that first start in Tampa to where you are now approaching another season opener against the Bulls? It's a lot more mature. I'm just understanding the game of football, understanding that even at a college level, still football um, slowed down a lot for me. Um, and then just simplifying things. I mean, it's been two years plus some. So it's uh, a lot of, lot of time to grow physically, mentally. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, I feel like I'm a whole new person. Since that first game I played, here at BYU. 
And you're going into your fifth, uh, you know, season at BYU, which is crazy. I, th- I think people forget how long uh, you've been here, right? Right? Eight, uh, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 20. You, you didn't play in every season. You've had some injuries over time. To, and you know what? Jada made it a few minutes in. That was pretty good. I thought she did an excellent <laughs> job, right? She executed the game plan. Yeah, she'll be back soon. Hopefully. She'll be back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Diaper change, perhaps. Good thing this isn't in 4D. But the, the journey for you has been one where you've had to wait, right? So how satisfying was it to be the starter for the majority of last year as, as much as you could, as healthy as you could be? It's fine. Like you said, it's, it, was a, it was a long time coming. I dreamed it when I was a little kid, and then it took a couple of years when I got here to finally get my number called. Uh, but it just shows, you know, it's, it's okay to, to wait your time, continue to work. It was the best thing for me. Give me all that extra time to prepare and be ready for my first official season as a starter. So it's just a blessing to be able to play with those guys, see all the hours and hours of hard work you put on the years before. I would finally go out there and put it on display. It was a good time. It was a dream come true for me, and I know for everybody else around me that was playing. So uh, we've got a special group of guys, and it'll be fun to, to run it back again. BYU quarterback Jaron Hall is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Heading into spring ball, Jaron, of course you sat out the bowl game, and a bunch of your teammates were hurt late in the season. Hopefully now everyone's starting to feel better. So with that in mind, how would you describe your overall physical health right now? I'm healthy. I'm back to 100%. Uh, you know, I had my ups and downs this last year, but everybody does. Thankfully, it was never anything serious, which I think was a step in the right direction for me, you know, from the last couple of years. So the goal is just to take it one more step further, just find ways that I can improve you know, off the field and on the field with my health. Um, and just have a good good foundation for, for week one to play all 13, 14 games, whatever it is next year. I know you haven't talked about this publicly, but I want to walk through it if that's okay, is what you went through physically last year. So did you did you break a rib in the Arizona game? Yeah, so the first game of the season, I cracked a couple or bruised a couple. We, we couldn't get a mimic. And then the Utah game officially cracked the three of them completely. And then uh, Arizona State had some chest issues on top of that. So it was a, it was a rough couple of weeks, but I uh, made it through. I'm here now, so we're, uh, we're good. That's wild, dude. The p- fact that you played in the Arizona State game and the Utah game with that, and then was it a foot injury in the USC game that held you out of UAB? Yeah, yeah, foot and ankle injury. Uh, just something that happened late in the game. The adrenaline got me through, didn't notice it, and then uh, yeah, after that it just kind of went downhill. It's never got right before UAB. And you're feeling good now, you said. That's great. Okay, so with those injuries in mind, and you said it, nothing serious that would put you out for a number of games or the season for that matter, how do you approach your play as a quarterback this year behind what looks like an all-time offensive line? How, How does your style of play or your thought process change, wanting to stay healthy but knowing you're bringing back a ton of experience up front? Yeah, I think in terms of how I play the game won't change. Um, I feel like we had a successful offense last year. Just a couple of things to fine tune all around. Um, but for me, just improving and, and understanding that we've got a really good line. There's no need to stress. There's no need to worry. They'll give me time. But also just taking what we get. You know, that's the goal. So they'll, they'll, they'll be stout up front. They'll do their deal. Um, you know, we just got to have better chemistry between me and the receivers, the tight ends. And that's kind of the focus, I think, the spring ball is, is one, keeping everybody healthy, getting through a good spring ball, and then just improving with timing, improving with the small details of the same offense we've done for four years, and just knowing it better than any team that's come through BYU. 
Is the number one offensive position battle this spring going to be at left tackle between Kingsley Suamata'i and Blake Freeland? Because if, if that's actually going down, that's going to be epic. I couldn't tell you if that's number one. I think every position will have a battle this year, the depth that we have. Um, but those guys will be fun to see, you know, you know uh, not battle it out, but be out there together doing their things. So who knows yeah. how that line will up, where they'll be and what will happen. I couldn't tell you, but I'm just, I'm just grateful to have all those guys up front doing their thing. Jaron, how can BYU's offense equal its production from a season ago after losing a guy like Tyler Algier? Everybody just has to step up. Our depth has to increase, and and, and the guards and young guys, you know, they've been doing a good job at this point throughout the workouts and our meetings. But young guys realizing that they'll have their shots just like last year. I'm sure a lot of guys didn't expect to play in the USC game like they did. So that's the mindset that our whole team has to have this year, especially offensively, is every position. The next guy up has got to be ready. He's got to be ready as if you're starting. So that's got to be the approach for everybody if you're going to get in and play that game. And so I think if we're ready to go with every single snap, I think if we know the defense better than the defense knows themselves, I think that's really where we'll be able to take advantage of teams and score a lot of points. And so I think we just got to fine-tune some things and make sure everybody's ready to go. Jackson McChesney was ready to go. Great example in that game. He gets in, gets a couple carries, scores the game-winning touchdown. That was crazy, right? Let's talk about receivers. It sounded like Chase Roberts really came on at the end of the season in practice. We're hoping to see a guy like Cody Epps, who was Bryce Young's uh, main receiver in high school, the Alabama quarterback and Heisman-winning guy. Keanu Hill came on. What do you think of kind of the next group, uh, you know, behind Puka Nakua and some of that, and Gunnar Romney and some of that experience? Yeah, I mean, we know Puka and Gunner, you know, Isaac and all those guys, we know what they do. So it'll be exciting this spring to see guys like Chase, even Kibo develop, even though we saw him make a lot of plays. He's still pretty raw, and he'll have a lot of time to, to make a lot of plays this next year. I'm excited to see him. And then Cody, you know, he's been he's been hurt a little bit too since he's been here, but he's, he's full go now. We've been throwing routes with, with everybody this offseason. He looks good. So I'm excited, especially to see those three that haven't had a chance to play a ton, um, to see what they can do, how they develop, and, and how they can add to our offense and our attack. Jaron, I have to ask this question, and I'm sure you'll tread lightly, but who's your favorite wide receiver right now? <laughs> Not asking me for the ball every time they come off the stage. <laughs> who, who doesn't ask you for the ball when they come off? <laughs> the one that doesn't, so there's your answer. Okay. <laughs> oh. Everybody went. Can you even be a receiver if you don't ask for the dang ball? <laughs> Throw me the dang ball, right? Exactly. Okay, last That's year – your efficiency was was really good, um, you know, top 30 in the country. Your yards per attempt, 18th, only five picks on 296 attempts. What was it um, – what what did you do to be so efficient and take care of the football so well? I just stuck to our, our reads, man. I mean, A-Rod makes the offense so simple, especially for, for quarterbacks who spend hours every day going through our simple, basic plays, our reads, our progressions. And just sticking to the things that we've been taught fundamentally, you know, and, and just take what the defense gives you as the number one thing. So you combine all those things together. It makes what seems like a complicated position, a complicated thing to do pretty simple. Um, as long as you're prepared, you know, you always you got to watch a lot of film and understand the defense. But for me, it was just taking what the defense gave, not pushing things when they weren't there, not trying to make the hardest throw possible to look good, but just simply give it to our playmakers in space and let them do their thing. Uh, for the most part, I feel like I did a good job, uh, but I got a lot of room to improve still with that. Jaron Hall with us on BYU Sports Nation. You are clearly a very mature player and a guy that can compartmentalize one game to the next, certainly one season to the next. But there is this idea that, hey, maybe Jaron Hall's the guy to lead BYU football into the Big 12. 
How much thought have you given that about staying not just one more year because you're a guy that has a lot of NFL interest, but maybe being the guy to lead BYU into that Power 5 conference? Not much. I I tend to focus on just the next game, in this case, USF, so the 2022 season. Um, Big 12 is kind of out there for me right now. Being here five years, you know, ideally you you have a good year, good health, and play well and kind of move on with my future. But uh, you never know, man. I mean, I still got one more year of eligibility. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But right now, I'm just focused on USF, focused on this season, and you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Jada, with the hands to the face call, that's going to be a 15-yard penalty. Um, okay, you you posted in, uh, <laughs> that you miss baseball. Um, you know, you've, you've focused completely on football. What do you miss about baseball uh, with the season underway and the boys uh, having some real success here the last week? I miss the 11-day vacation you get to travel and play. <laughs> what I miss. Getting out of the cold for 11 days, going to Florida and Arizona. That's up there. We sent no, Shep. We're happen. jealous, too. Yeah, to- totally yeah. fair. <laughs> he's, he's getting it all. Yes, he is. <laughs> hey, Jaron, it's great to talk with you. Good to see you, Jada May. Glad that uh, the family's doing well. We oh, appreciate the time. She raised her hand of yeah, her own volition right there. She yeah. knows. Does she want the ball too? Does she complain about not getting the ball enough? No, she gets gets whatever she wants. It's the ball, (laughs) she gets the ball. All right, Jaron, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the start of spring ball to stay healthy, for things to go well. Uh, We appreciate your time amidst the busy schedule. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, guys. Have fun. You got a BYU quarterback, Jaron Hall, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Dude, I'm glad you talked about it. He played so hurt. Like, in the Arizona State game, it's like, oh, he landed the ball. He just got hurt. No, no, no. He had been playing with bruised, cracked ribs and then more chest issues. And then, oh, my gosh. So, and then a foot injury in the USC game. So, these aren't these aren't um, injuries that I think are preventable. Like, hey, you need to slide it. That's football. It's part of the game. And you just need to count on, you know, sometimes being banged up. And he played through a lot of that. And think about how effective he was in the Utah game. His greatest performance was the Utah game. You could argue Baylor, but he had to play well to beat Utah, especially run. Well, think about and he did. how unfortunate it is that he had to come back and play against Boise State because Baylor Romney was concussed against Utah State. Yes. And he wasn't ready. Like, his ribs were not okay, but he put it out there for BYU. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's rough. Yeah. And, and he wasn't the reason BYU lost that game either. You know what I mean? You always got to take care of the ball in ball that game. security. Yeah. Okay, coming up, Juddy joins us to celebrate a championship. And did we witness the play of the year from BYU men's basketball against Pepperdine on senior night? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Join us on BYU TV for the West Coast Conference Tournament. Coverage begins Thursday, 3 Eastern time, as we broadcast 12 games. BYU Sports Nation live from New Orleans Arena as well in Las Vegas. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Spencer <laughs> will be there. So, yeah, it's uh, Tyler Haas and I will be here. Spence, we're sending the whole crew. Spence, Kristen, Dave, Blaine, and the gang down in Vegas. Let's be honest. Kristen is uh, the elite class. It's Kristen and, and the and boys. Every, and everybody else. With a Correct. Z. 
He is Jeremiah I'm Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, you can always follow us on the major social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Time to whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. Is the Caleb Loner Ali Hoop the men's hoops play of the year? It's the most aesthetically pleasing play of the year. I mean... I just, I just feel like there were some, some plays made in the game at Missouri State, um, maybe against San Diego State, against Utah late. What, what, what play? I don't know though. Like it's just like a series of plays. So maybe if you don't maybe know, this that's is not it. a good sign. Maybe this is it. This is certainly the most aesthetically pleasing play of the year. But yeah. this wasn't a huge game, so I have a hard time going there. I think that Alex Barcelo made the three clearly fouled. Should have been a four-point ah, play San against Diego San Diego State. State. Is the best play of the year. I think that's right there if we do a top five, top ten, or whatever of the season. But, yeah, if you don't know the specific play, it ain't a play of the year. Okay? Right. That's how that works. Yeah. Well, and You, you can that, recall it later. That's fine. But I'm saying if you don't identify a specific play, that isn't a play of the year. That, that's a, yours, yours is a good nomination. But they didn't call the foul. They should have called the foul. It was, a, it was a great video. Caleb, by the way, on Friday told us he was ready to do something crazy. He did it. It happened. BYU Sports Nation Karma, play of the year? Question mark. Is Fusini Traore coming off one of the most memorable performances in recent memory from a BYU power forward, going to finish in the top five at BYU in rebounding by the end of his collegiate career? He had 19 rebounds on Saturday. We assume health. With that in mind, absolutely. Okay, let's do some math. He's at 254, 8.4 yep. game. Let's just say he finishes with about 280. If he does that for four years, he's the all-time leading rebounder. Now, Nicholas Emery, different situation. Nick Emery was pacing to be the all-time leading scorer here as well after his freshman year. Things happen. I'm not saying Foos is Nick at all. I'm just saying things happen that change the trajectory. But if Foos continues to do this, he would pass one Yoli Childs, who has six more than Kyle Collins. Absolutely. I don't think Foos is a guy that, and, and again, barring health, I don't think he's a guy that would leave BYU early just because he's kind of in that middle ground area where Yoli Childs was, where he's he's not quite the NBA body type, but he's really, oh, he's, really good. Yeah, he, no, he's, he's not a, a ball handler at 6'7". He's a, yeah. he's a four-year, if not five-year player at BYU. Who knows? We'll see. I, yeah. I think that absolutely he'll be in the top five. Is Gonzaga more gettable now to loss to St. Mary's on Saturday? Unfortunately, no, because this is what happens to Gonzaga. They always have the proverbial wake-up call late in the regular season, and then yep. they go gangbusters in Las Vegas and then run through the NCAA tournament. So congratulations, St. Mary's. You just pushed Gonzaga to the national championship game. That's what happened. They, they woke, were, it woke them up. They were going to be there anyway. It woke them up. It didn't matter if they lost a regular season game at St. Mary's. By the way, St. Mary's did what BYU did in 2020, a top 25 team hosting big game senior night win. That was that same situation for St. Mary's. Unfortunately, BYU didn't get to play out the remainder of that season. We lost St. Mary's in Vegas, and we had to sit on that, but we just ignore that, and we go back to the Gunzek. That's what we do. <laughs> Jeremiah, to BYU women's basketball, who wrapped up an unforgettable regular season championship oh on Saturday in Stockton with a 30-point win against Pacific. What's the chance BYU women's basketball climbs multiple spots in the AP poll today after only climbing one spot last week? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully they climb a bunch. I don't expect it, though, because the voters haven't been kind to Brigham.
What's the excuse from the voters going to be this week? Because guess what? Number six, Michigan lost. Number 10, Indiana lost twice. Those two aren't. Number 12, Arizona. Indiana lost twice. Would they not drop maybe to 19 and move BYU up? What was the margin? Not that Maryland, an unranked Maryland team for one, the Indiana side. Okay, not good. Number Six 12, and Arizona. 10 lost. Hanging with 19, they're not going to fall 10 spots. Number 14, Notre Dame lost to Louisville big uh, time. Now you're talking. They had six points at halftime, Jerem. It's six points. Wow. Is Louisville amazing? I don't know. Louisville's number four, but Notre Dame's number 14. If you're number 14, you have to have more than six points at halftime. I expected at least nine. Number 15, Florida, lost twice. Number 16, Tennessee, lost. They should move at least two spots, but you know what? They probably two's, won't. Two's not a big ask. What we're asking for is more than that. She's not unreasonable. They deserve it. After winning five straight and sweeping Arizona State, is BYU baseball better than we thought? Yes, I thought BYU baseball would be good, but just maybe they are ahead of schedule right now. Yeah, that was that was nice to uh, you know sweep Arizona State. The Pac-12 record uh, gets even better. And in case you missed it, was this Friday <laughs> night? I think BYU's down, and Brock Watkins comes up with two outs. Bases are juiced. Final strike. Triple that cleared the bases and it sounded chaotically like this. The one-two and Brock get over the head. Get over the head. Get over the head. Get over the head. And he can't get it. Come on, all the way to the wall. This game is going to be So, Tuckett Slate is now competing with Isaac Wood from a few years back. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> for the unmistakable sound of just fandom Sheer and joy. freaking out at the same time. Yes, Sheer joy. joy. Just in a sound. Fantastic. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> what a play. Okay, so on the heels of that, with a 17-3-1 record now against Pac-12 teams this season in head-to-head competition, should BYU even schedule any more Pac-12 teams, or has the message been driven, Jim? Well, first off, women's tennis, get your act together. You're the three losses, okay? Uh, and then everybody else, you're doing great. But when you talk about the Pac-12, BYU's headed to the Big 12. You need some quality non-conference games. I'm not sure the Pac-12 is the answer at this oh, point. Boy. It's all, it's become too easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm mostly kidding. Mostly. So, hey, so instead of more group of five teams, more Pac-12 teams? More Pac-12 teams just to pad the schedule. <laughs> just kidding. Give me a couple of winnable games against Pac-12. <laughs> Arizona State in everything. Always overrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, coming up, more shade on the Pac-12. Ryzen, shout out to... Uh, you know, the worst three-point shot we've seen all year in a good way. Mm. And Jeff Judkins, champion, head coach, BYU Women's Basketball, hey! is back in Studio B. We need that championship swag. Does he think his team needs to move up multiple spots? This is BYU Sports. The champ is here. The champ is here. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, I talked with women's volleyball coach Heather Olmsted about her miraculous birth with the help from a prophet playing professionally in Croatia and turning the women's volleyball team into a perennial power. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. I still have that baseball call ringing through my ears. Holy cow! 
I wore my baseball uniform purposefully today. They deserve it. It's the only baseball that's being played currently. It's college. No <laughs> All eyes on college baseball. Uh, but let's not take away from what BYU women's basketball has done, and let's focus some attention on that. Head coach Jeff Judkins is with us in Studio B. Juddy, uh, an incredible, Champs. an incredible season. High five with a statement win by 30 points on the road at Pacific. What was it like when it became conclusive? You were the champs, undisputed, untied. When you were celebrating that moment, um, a lot of hard work. Uh, a lot of people's made a lot of sacrifices, and um, you know it doesn't. It's not just one game. It's it's. For for a team and for a coaching staff, winning the conference tournament or excuse me, winning the conference is probably more important almost than the conference tournament because it's the whole season that you've played. You've had to go through injury, sickness, COVID, um, travel things, all these different things that go on during the season, and um, to be able to win it and be as consistent as we were this year um, really goes to a lot of people. And I, I want to thank my coaching staff for a great job this year, what they did and how how hard they worked and the time they put in for us to be successful. And that includes, you know, Ray and Lee and Mel and Zoe as one of my staff, but also Jeff and um, Steven, who my trainer and my strength coach, all those guys have put in so much time to make this program where it needs to be. And, um, you know, we're not where we are because, you know, without them and, you know, the time that they all put in. You've been uh, emotional in the last two visits here about this team, Jeff. What is it about this team that stirs uh, you up in a, a different way? Well, you know, in coaching, you, you always want a team like this. You want a team that works hard. And you want a team that's good. You want a team that's hungry. You want a team that has so many different ways of winning. This was the first time in a long time I've had – a team that I can play in so different way. I can go big. I can go small. I can, I can put all my shooters in. I can put all my athletes. You know, I can do a lot of different things. And uh, we were talking about the, on this road trip how we really haven't had a bad practice. You know, all year. Um, they're focused. Uh, I was really worried about going this weekend and saying, "Okay, beat Gonzaga. We're on high." Will we show up and will we play? And uh, of course, I brought it up a lot, but they were they were in tune for both games. You know, they knew they had to win Thursday. They knew Saturday we went at SARS. Um, we started we started a little rough against Santa Clara, but then we came out and just kind of put it on them. And then against Pacific, we we started really quickly. And I think. This team's just special. They, they're these these girls. They work hard. They love each other. They want to be they want to be coached. Uh, they want to win. You know, and there's a lot of. I mean, I kind of saw it a little bit. You know, I won't say the team, but the two teams we played this weekend. Couple. You know, they they once they got kind of down, they just kind of gave up. And my team's never given up. And so as a coach, that's why I'm kind of. I guess it's going to come to over in a month and a half. It'll be over, and it'll be tough. It'll be tough to say, hey, you know, this year. I know that you obviously still have major ambitions and goals in the WCC postseason tournament and the approaching NCAA tournament, but right now, would you say this is the best team that you've ever compiled and coached in your tenure here at BYU? I would say it's the best team that I've coached with preseason and conference, yes. 
I mean, we we scheduled very hard this year. It's like Connie from the West Coast. She was at our game to give us the award and everything, and she said, I, I don't know what more you guys could have done. You've scheduled hard. You won games hard. You went on the road. You went neutral. Um, you went through our conference, and um, we went through our conference and beat Gonzaga twice. How many times did you beat Gonzaga twice? Um, we had one hiccup, and that game was close. It could have gone either way. Um, but, you know, when it all comes to be the great teams, it comes to, they call it postseason. So the Jazz are going through. Great. You had the best record last year. Congratulations. But you got beat in the first round. You're, you're as good as your last game, and you've got to do well in the postseason tournaments for people to, to say that. And this, that's what that team's going to be aiming for. I mean, that's what we're going to be aiming for, for sure. We're, we're going this tournament, and some people go, well, you're going just to go down there. You've already won. No, we're going to win this tournament. We're going to win this thing. We want to win it, and then we want to, we want to get a good bid in the NCAA tournament and hopefully be able to play really well in that. You're a heavy favorite, of course, because you beat the number two seed by double digits both times. But given last year and how it ended on a buzzer beater against Gonzaga, no. and we've complained about the late trigger on the clock here, and <laughs> da, da, da. It fe- with the same team that you had, essentially, it feels like they'll probably uh, be motivated at the level they need regardless. And they've handled uh, the pressure all year of playing with this target on their back, Correct. of being ranked, of being the team that's been in the rankings the most in a season. feels like your team's ready for this moment. Correct. Uh, I mean – what you saw the other night with Gonzaga and St. Mary's. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, sometimes things just don't bounce your way and it goes, it goes for their team. But this team's very confident. Um, the one thing we've done as a coaching staff is we, we haven't hidden the pressure. There are a lot of coaches go, oh, no, you know, we've told them, hey, you got a bullseye on your back. You, you were picked first in the league. You're supposed to win these games. You're supposed to do these things. And when we started winning and getting ranked, it became more pressure. And um, that's what I love about these guys is that doesn't bother them. You know, it doesn't bother them for that. They, it feels like they like it. I think they kind of do. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think, I think they like, like yeah, that. bring it on. You know, I think when we had our crowd for Gonzaga, that was the top in, for, of all we've worked for, to have a crowd like that for senior night and to be able to play Gonzaga for the championship. It was, it was, it was special. Juddy, as we wrap up, this is somewhat of a double-barreled question, and I've clearly had my say about how I feel like the AP voters are not really paying attention to what BYU is doing. I think you deserve to be ranked higher than number 19 right now. Certainly, I think you deserve better than a projected five seed, according to ESPN and the NCAA tournament. And I know that being a top four seed means you can host, and hosting at BYU is complicated because of no Sunday play and all that stuff, but... I just want the best matchups for BYU. So where do you feel like you deserve to be seated right now based on the resume that you have compiled to this point? I would say if, if, we, if we win our next two games and we win the, the tournament, we should probably be a four seed. Um, I think we've proven what we need to do. We lost to Oklahoma in overtime, which will probably be a four seed yep. or maybe a three, depending on what they do. And they shot 32 foul shots in our 12, and we lost – in overtime. I'm still angry about that. Yeah, I'm still angry about it, too. We lose to Portland. <laughs> you clearly aren't bothered. Yeah, uh, we lost to Portland, so a close game. So it, I a lot of it depends on what we do this this tournament. If we if we win it, I think we should be. If not, we probably deserve a fifth. You know, we've been we've been up there. Uh, really, for us, it doesn't make a difference. It's we're, who's in our bracket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's all that matters, who you match up the best with and that. And, um, you know, 
it's it's been a great year. It's been a fun year. It's gone by so fast. I think part of it, when you have success and you have a team and you have people around you that you love being around, things go fast. And so um, I kind of hope it slows up a little bit. This week will be a little bit of rest and, and fine-tune some things that we need to do and go out recruiting and and try to get our team better for the next next years. And But it, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm really proud of all these guys. It was it was exciting. We had a lot of fans mm. at Stockton, yeah. which was awesome That's to celebrate cool. that. It was really really nice of them. Juddy, you're a fan favorite. Uh, you're a player's favorite. You're not I'm my, your mom's favorite. My, I was going to say, <laughs> you're not my mom oh, now. Now she likes you better than me. <laughs> Great. That's funny. Thanks for coming hey, in, Hey, thanks, you guys. Okay, coming up, did Spencer make up any ground in Double Down Picks? And a senior night moment you got to see. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Or download the podcast. Let's recap our prop picks, double down, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) It is double down, not prop picks. Number one, Alex Barcelo leads all scores by 5+. That didn't happen. did not happen. It was Uh, Foose. Foose with 25. Number two, BYU wins by 14+. Ding, 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 ding. Not working. BYU by 16, so yes. Okay, I said BYU's defense would show up again. They'd hold Pepperdine to 66 points or fewer. They did it again. 59 for Pepperdine. If only BYU could play LMU or Pepperdine ever again. (sighs) Hey, they get LMU probably in Vegas on Friday. Mm, Pacific's going to win. Okay. And number two, Caleb Loner's going to score on double figures again. (sighs) No, he only had four points. He got into foul trouble early, and that kind of hosed me there. But it's okay. He did have maybe the highlight of the year. Maybe. Okay, you're still up by 13 in the updated season standings, 39-26. Basically, I need as many games as I can get. So, BYU, please keep winning and go to the tournament so I can try and catch up to Jim. Well, you need the NIT, though. Uh, not necessarily the first four. If you want multiple first, first, like games. BYU, if BYU gets the first four and then they win that game and another one, then we're, then we're talking, hey, five games, okay? <laughs> Two NCAA tournament wins suddenly? No, 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 just games. That would be wins, just games. NIT, you can get more. Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Quinlan Haglin on Twitter. What's he most interested in? Women's basketball. I didn't even know about spring Go. football until you brought it up on the show last nice. week. So way more invested in BYU's basketball teams. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. But a couple of seniors on senior night. Yeah, uh, Richard Harwood getting in there and throwing up three that went on top <laughs> of the backboard. Crazy, right? I loved it. And this to at Hutch underscore Kook said, hey, guys, my grandpa Lowell just passed away on Friday. Never missed a show. Uh, Can he get a shout-out? Love listening to you guys. Absolutely. Rest in peace. Sorry we appreciate the love. Sorry for your loss. Our thanks to today's guests, Jaron Hall and Jeff Judkins. All right, Dennis. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to KJ Hall.